I'm Erin. And this is Somebody's Gotta Know, a podcast where we have questions. And somebody's gotta have answers. I don't know why, but it makes me laugh every time we talk in unison. <laughs> well, because we, every time it goes well, I'm like, nailed it. <laughs> <laughs> Did it. We should just record it one time and then, like, save the clip and just use so we don't have to do it every time. Because I don't know if you guys know this. We, we do, do that every, every time. time. <laughs> this is not pre-recorded. <laughs> Which is foolish. Like, we could have recorded it once. Practice it till we liked it. And then... We could just... You could just take a clip from our very first episode and reuse that. I like the risk of every time, though, wondering if we'll do well, it again. <laughs> okay. Hey, everybody. Hey, everyone. How are you today? Um, I don't have a voice, because I went on a field trip with 30 kids between 6th and 12th grade, and I had to be loud, because we were at Six Flags. So. So Hannah lost her voice, but gave it to me, and I have mine back. Aaron was sick, so we, I think we skipped a week. We definitely did skip okay. that week. We did. Because uh, Aaron just couldn't talk. Like, I don't have a voice, but, like, I can talk to you guys. Aaron fully could not. It was horrible. Um, it makes the whole, like, Little Mermaid story much more effective when you actually <laughs> want to talk you to someone. You didn't sell your voice to the sea witch, though. This wasn't a choice. No, it wasn't a choice. It wasn't a choice. But then when you read The Little Mermaid or watch the movie or whatever, you get the idea that she didn't, like, think it all the way through. No, because she's 16 and shouldn't have been making life decisions for a boy. You hear that, children listening to this podcast? <laughs> You're not in love with him. I like that we have an imaginary child audience. <laughs> Just, like, I picture, like, one girl who's like, these could be my big sisters. And she's, like, 15 or 16. And I'm like, don't make that mistake. Yes, avoid the sea witch at all costs. Avoid the men. They're not worth it. Until you're in your 20s and find one who will hike trails with you and then propose to you really cutely. I'm probably talking about you and Aaron, not me, Jason. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I thought that was funny that you picked you picked our story. Although I will say, uh, slight, slightly like counter to that is that as long as you feel in control, it, it's okay to want to have experiences. Um, this is no longer somebody's got to know. This is now a dating advice podcast <laughs> for teenagers. For how to be how to be a help in oh yeah e- explore those feelings try new things experiment with your sexuality do it safely and only do it if you want to do it correct boom okay goodbye <laughs> goodbye go away now children <laughs> no no I was saying like that was the podcast oh, episode oh, oh, that's, oh, that's the end that's the end no, the children can stay <laughs> I'm not shooting the children. <laughs> The hypothetical children. <laughs> um, all right. Uh, is there anything else about your week you want to share with us? Jason shaved. I'm what? mad. He really? Didn't, he didn't just... I said, oh. I said, if you're hot, you can... So Jason and I have a deal where I'm not cutting my hair till the wedding, so he can't cut his beard. But it's, like, been 90 degrees all this week, Very which is hot. extremely hot for me in New Hampshire. And I said, if your face is warm and you want to trim your beard, you have my blessing. He has, like, barely 5 o'clock shadow. He left just enough so it doesn't look, so he can't, like, he didn't shave his beard off. Uh, uh, and then he shaved his entire chest. What? And then he got carried away and shaved his armpits. Oh, my God. I'm very upset about it. So I'm getting my hair cut Tuesday. I was supposed to just be a trim, and I told him it's not just going to be a trim anymore. And I'm going to so chop funny. off four inches. <laughs> <laughs> We're fighting. Well, I like the... <laughs> 
You you fight by slowly getting rid of your own body hair to punish your <laughs> partner. Yeah, we both have preferences on how hairy the other one is. Yeah, and he's of course. ruined it. Um, that's hilarious. Chest hair was never on the table to get rid of, and he went. Has he done that before? And every time he does it, I go stop. I'm not like I'm. I'm marrying a forty year old, not a sixteen year old. He literally looks like he's twenty right now. Doesn't it? I here's the deal. We won't talk about Jason's personal care the whole episode. We can. Um, he listens and he needs to know that I'm upset. <laughs> okay. I mean, you should know. You should know. Aaron told me a story once that he he did something similar, but I think it was a one time event. He doesn't do it very often, but every once in a while he'll be like cutting his hair or shaving his beard, and then all of a sudden he's just like starts going down his body. And he literally will just get carried away and be like, well, what if I did a little here? And then I'll take a little off here. And then he's he's bald all over. He's just like a newborn baby. I'm <laughs> <laughs> like not here for it. Men, men enjoy shaving. They enjoy self-care. They really do. I believe this. At least, uh, actually, scratch that. Our men do. <laughs> he looks like he's 25. I think I took a picture. I like that you say that like it's so like, ugh, can you believe it? He's 44, okay? Oh, I didn't save it. I did take a video, but I didn't save it, so you don't get to see him. All right, next time. I'll, s- I'll text you a picture when I get home today. Okay, <laughs> thank you. Oh, wait, I'm going to need my phone for this episode. Yeah, you do, you do. Um, yeah, I think those are my updates. I went on a field trip to Six Flags. Honestly, it was good, and I was with the 6th and 7th graders. I was nervous. I there's, only, there's only seven of them. The most, most of the kids were in 8th grade in high school. Um, but they were, like, the best-behaved group out of everybody. Really? And we all went places together, me and, and the middle school band teacher and our seven children. And at one point, we were in line for a ride, and it was like a four-person ride, and there was too many of us. So I said, you go with them. That makes eight. I'll wait with the bags. And when he got off, he went, so I'm not ready to be a single father of seven yet? <laughs> uh, that was too much for me. I'm not prepared. <laughs> well, at least he got to experience it in that contained scenario yeah. to learn that about himself. And it was just because some of the 8th graders were in line, too, and they were, like, antagonizing one of his 7th graders. Oh. And I said, you have to physically put yourself between children in that scenario. Like, you're, they're not going to stop if you tell them to stop. And his eyes got big, like, he never even thought of that. And I was like, parenting tips with Hannah. Amazing. I would be terrified to do that. My memory of any field trip in 6th or 7th grade is somebody's crying. Well, there was a few tears. Yeah. Somebody who's been dating two weeks has broken up. Yeah. They went on a different ride with a Oh, no, we had girl. two high schoolers that we had to keep separate because they had recently broken up and the girl's causing drama for the boy. <sighs> wow. There's a lot. But I wasn't with them. Um, but the teacher I was with has, like, your personality. So, like, he doesn't yell. He doesn't get angry. He's like, a, hey, guys, what if we didn't? And I'd be like, listen up, which is why I don't have a voice. <laughs> we're like, this is what we're doing now. Um, and there was one kid who definitely has some kind of... Uh, disability or delay and I don't know what it is for sure so I don't want to like pretend that I could diagnose him but he walked up to me I've never spoken to this kid before he's in sixth grade I work in the high school and he said Miss O'Connell and I said yeah buddy and he went you're my chaperone now and handed me a handwritten note from his mom about like his triggers and what to do if he gets upset and like he has noise canceling headphones and I was like great okay we're friends but there would be like rides that I wanted to go on that he didn't want to go on and go you're gonna stay with Miss Whoever or Mr. Whoever and be like, they're your chaperone until I'm off this ride. And it would take, like, convincing. Like, you could oh. trust another adult. I was like, I don't know you. He <laughs> like, just knew. Why did you he choose just me? Knew. It was very cute, though. 
we went to McDonald's for dinner afterwards on our way home. And I had gone in line for the bathroom. And I just all of a sudden hear my name being shouted by a child. I went, I don't have time for this right now. And I went to one of the other chaperones and said, can you go check in on him? Like, he's just standing in the middle of McDonald's calling my name because he can't find me. He just wanted to tell me he was going to the bus. It's like, I'm peeing. You need to tell. There's three other adults you could have told. Hey, I, listen, I personally can relate to being like, there's only one adult here I actually trust to remember me. His music teacher was there. Hey, m- I was left in a McDonald's once on a field trip, so... Were you really? Yes. How old? I was a junior in high school. Taryn! I went... Everyone was going to the bathroom, and I was like... And we were all taking a picture together, and I was like, you know what, guys? I, I'm going to run to the bathroom, too. Now, granted, this is... In my memory, I felt like I said this out loud. Probably didn't. I, to a group of people, I walked away from my, you know, friends to the only place we were all going before we took the picture of was the bathroom. I thought I saw other people from the group in the bathroom, and I was like, okay, I'll, I'll, I'm like a minute behind. Like, I'll just pee really fast. I pee really fast. You know, whatever. It's me, so probably not that fast. And then <laughs> I'm glad that you can admit that about yourself. And then I, I exit the bathroom, and they're all gone on the Did bus. you have a cell phone? Did you call them, or did they, like, realize and turn around? I did have a cell phone. I called my teacher, I'm pretty sure. I don't know if anyone answered. And then um, I stood there for a minute, and then I think my friend Lauren Meehan, I'm, I'm almost positive it was Lauren Meehan, called me and was like, Erin, where are you? <laughs> like they didn't all just abandon you. And I was like, yep, yeah, where you left me. I'm still at McDonald's. <laughs> And they, luckily, I mean, they didn't, I don't even think they had gotten out of the parking lot or anything. Yeah. Um, we had, but, I'm an avid, um, like an aggressive head counter. Good. Like every five minutes I was turning around going one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Cause I was also counting the other chaperone and being like, I didn't yeah. lose him either. Cause he's a little aimless. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. He doesn't have a podcast. He won't hear this. That's good. That's good. Um, yeah, I was, and then we ended up with two other chaperones and an extra kid. So I was like, okay, we have 12 now. Great. And then I would never count myself, because that gets confusing. Um, right, no, no. So I didn't lose anybody. That's good. Congrats. You Thank did you. Well. I'm sorry you were left behind. Um, honestly, I'm thinking about it now, of, this, of the story, and uh, I think I could blame the guy I was dating at the time. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry, your boyfriend was on the trip and he didn't notice that you were missing? It was a bad time. I'm pretty sure he was... Were you the couple that broke up five minutes into the field trip? Ah, <laughs> uh, no, he... Well, uh, this is such a long story. Anyway, I think someone just implicitly trusted that, like, if I was missing, he at least would have said something, and I think he was just like, Aaron must have just decided as it was someone else. She's a strong, independent lady. That's kind of on you. <laughs> you are a strong, independent lady. I know, but, like... <laughs> That's hilarious. This is the problem. This is why girls pee together. Yeah. This if, For anyone who ever questions that again, it's so we don't get left behind at McDonald's. <laughs> um, uh, I thought of one more thing. Okay. It's mildly unrelated. It's all right. Because I'm a part of the guidance department, I have to do all like the senior events. Yes. So we recently had a dinner for our top seniors. Yes. And like announced the valedictorian and all that jazz and I helped plan it. Um, and we were in the opera house, which is very, very echoey. And I... All of a sudden, I'm very conscious of how loud my laugh is. Because <laughs> I kept laughing. Like, other people were chuckling, but I'd, like, guffaw at jokes. And I'm sitting in the front. It's the only laugh I know how to do. I don't giggle. I never have. 
So, um, oh, that's so funny. I'm very conscious of the noise of my laugh now. Well, it's beautiful. Thank you. It's very loud. You know what? It gives people confidence when someone is clearly laughing at their, their jokes or their thing that's meant to be funny. Oh, good, good. You're welcome, everybody. Yeah. It's like, it's like how when we were doing our play and there was a moment where there should be a laugh or a gasp or something, like... I could count on you to, like, make <laughs> the noise. And then other people, because, you know, sometimes... To be very loud about it, too. Because there are some people who, regardless of what kind of media they're watching, they, like, need that first person, person? to yeah. be like, it's okay to respond. <laughs> this is funny. Yeah, this is... You're right. This is a funny joke. We're like, you can laugh at I it. I also... Like, I don't know if you remember this, but when we were in college and we would do, like, improv or plays or stuff, sometimes I would, instead of laughing, I would just be like, that's a funny joke. <laughs> and like that was my response to things. Hey guys, I'm laughing. <laughs> Instead of laughing. Just like it wasn't sarcastic, I meant it, but like that's how I would respond. Beautiful. Wow, surprise! <laughs> what a twist! That's my roommate. Well, okay, that's my roommate is not an emotion. That's just a fact that you would share with everyone. Constantly. <laughs> like, look at that pretty lady with curly hair. I, I live with her. About this. I forgot about this. You did yell that all the time. Anytime you were on stage. Didn't matter if it was a serious something or not. I, <laughs> I live with that girl. <laughs> you guys are jealous of me. <laughs> I know where she keeps her toothbrush. And as far as I know, no one, like, actively stopped you. No. Nobody, like, they all kind of expected it at that point. They'd be like, all right, Hannah, it's not funny anymore. And I was like, this joke will never die. <laughs> I'll die before I stop shouting this. <laughs> it was good. It was good. It was good. Anyways, it's yeah. Aaron's episode finally. It's my episode. Um, and she made me do a lot of work, and I don't think I've ever made her do this much work before an episode. <laughs> my problem is that I, I I choose too wide too wide a subject. Got um, narrow it in. So I I tried. I made it. Into little bits, but okay. Are we ready? I'm ready. Are you ready? I am ready. Okay, everybody. The topic of this week is know thyself. Uh, okay. I was looking at personality tests because I was interested in why do we like them? What are they for? Do they actually mean anything? Where did they come from? Where did they come? Where did they come from? Where did they go in? Where did they go? What do you do in Cotton Eye Joe? <laughs> Uh, <laughs> Can I tell you that the way that you texted me, she goes, I need you to do some prep work. And I was like, all right, what do you got? And she, she started kind of describing it and saying, like, I had to do the same length as you or something. And you were like, I'll just send you links tomorrow. And in my brain, I was like, she's going to make me do, like, the BDSM test or something. Because I had said, is this a personality test, Erin? And you went, almost. Like, it was just four different personality <laughs> tests, but, like, you were being so vague. It's like, we're going to talk about sexual preferences on the podcast. Wasn't expecting this from you. Wow. I mean, maybe... No. Mm-mm. No. Mm-mm. Actually not. Sorry, everybody. <laughs> not going to happen. Not yet. Um, that's only when we start a Patreon and charge you money. <laughs> then, you, then you can... And then we'll tell you <laughs> our BDSM score. Perfect. <laughs> I, I have mine. I know it. I'll let you know later. Uh, okay, fantastic. Um, so the what got me into this subject was how we kept having the type A, type B conversation. Oh, you're right, right, right. And now you're just type A, B. 
It's type alive. AB. But guess what? There is a type C. Oh, okay, cool. However, the type A, type B story is actually interesting, and it's going to change the way you think about it. But that's like a little micro version of the other examples. But the other examples I chose, because I was thinking about... So we use a personality test supposedly to like learn something about ourselves, but it's kind of the most common ways to do that by like filling things in on the internet um, are one, the Myers-Briggs personality test. Very common. Very common, super popular, used all over the place. We'll get into that. Um, the other thing, it's not, it's not a personality test because you're not entering information in terms of personal preferences, but what offers similar information is your astrological chart. Your birth chart. Your birth chart. Uh, so, like, astrology. everybody knows their sun sign would be, like, when someone says, what's your zodiac sign, you're like, I'm a Taurus. But there's more to it than that, I recently learned, and it's very cool. It's it's an ancient practice. It's very complex. It's very nuanced. There's a lot of different versions of the astrological calendar, depending on what culture you're looking at or what time in history. Um, but we'll get into that and what that's all about. And the third one that I picked that's sort of a newfangled thing that's definitely like a product of the internet was this thing called the character quiz. It's I liked that one. I've never done that one. I liked it a lot too. I obviously I found it via some cool person on Twitter, but it's um an open source statistical quiz that um based on your results lets you know how similar you are to certain uh, fictional characters. What, uh, the whole list includes television, movies, literature, but you can look at just one subsection if you want. Um, so we'll get into why that's cool and why that's different than the other things. Um, so there are obviously a bunch of other examples, um, but these are just the ones I think that are kind of representative of the different things we look at on the internet when we're trying to understand who we are. Um, I liked the character quiz one too because it's not just like, like the Myers-Briggs is like, these are the four mm -hmm. things that make up your personality. This is like, you've seen this person in TV, you are this percent the same as them. And I was like, oh, yeah, that feels right. Yeah. <laughs> That's it, it, accurate. And it gives you a whole ranking. Oh, yeah. And it, and it doesn't say this person is like this. It just says you are this percent like them. And then you having, you know, your own brain can think about that character and reflect on, like, what they're like. And, like, what does that mean? And, like, what parts seem similar to you? Um, but it's not, like, prescriptive in the yeah. way the Myers-Briggs test is. Um, it's also, like, blatantly for fun. Like, Oh, yeah. That one's less... Less scientific. I wouldn't necessarily say that, like, Myers-Briggs or the Astro Cafe are fully scientific, but the least of the three would definitely be the character one. Well, we're going to get into that. It's really exciting and interesting. Um, okay. Oh, man. <laughs> um, so, I was thinking we could go by each one. We can say kind of what we got or what okay. our experience was with it, and then we're going to have a kind of wrap-up in the end where it talks about personality tests in general. Sure. Um, but the first little anecdote I wanted to share was about the type A, type B personality thing. It, it is a theory about human personality types that was created originally by two cardiologists named 
Friedman and Rosa Mann. Um, and they performed this study in 1976. And it should be noted that this was a study... Are, are you reading my notes? I was seeing... Uh, that is how you say it. I was questioning your pronunciation of Rosenman. Rosenman? Rosenman. I was just, you're good. I thought maybe it was just like Roseman and you were pronouncing just the E. And I was like, that's just how Rose is spelled. Oh, so no. I didn't mean to interrupt. Sorry. No, 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 that's fine. That's fine. All the times that I have corrected your pronunciation, you are allowed to check. The one thing I know how to pronounce is like psychologist's names. And I was like, I haven't heard that one, but it feels wrong. But you that's were right. The thing. They're not psychologists at all. They're cardiologists. They're heart specialists. Oh, I missed that part. I got distracted by your pronunciation. Sorry. It's okay. That's why this is interesting, because the test was not developed as a way, as a test for psychologists. It was developed as a test because they wanted to figure out what kind of person is most likely in their later years to develop... Like arrhythmias and stuff? Yes. Oh. Also, I, this is unrelated. I've recently learned that we have muscles in our armpits. And mine hurt. Continue. I went tubing. Oh. <laughs> I was like threw your arms around too much at the at the park at there. the at the lake. I oh, you were holding on. To oh the, yeah, I was. Hannah's, I Hannah's pretending to hold on to a tube, like when the tube is being pulled behind a motorboat. Yeah, I want to. We did that yesterday, and my arms hurt. Anyways, sorry. That was why I was sitting weird because I was stretching my armpit muscles that I didn't know existed. I was letting you do your thing. You know, I wasn't gonna question it. That also helps you breathe better. Really? When you put your arms up like that over your head, that's why sometimes if you ever see runners in the middle of a run, kind of like. Put their arms up. Yeah. That's because, like, they have a cramp and they're trying to get oxygen to their oh. to their cramp. Because when you do this, it opens your uh, diaphragm. I thought maybe they were just like, I'm done. <laughs> no, like, they put their arms up. They're not just like, woo, I'm awesome. They're, like, trying to get air into their body. <laughs> this makes sense. Okay. Um, <laughs> back, to, back to A and B. Sorry. A and B. That was a bit of a... a... Tangent? Yeah. That's all good. Um... Right. So anyway, so it was the 70s, so they were a little bit sexist about it, and the test was only done on men. Um, but this is what happened. This is supposedly the story. Friedman and Rosamund have their little office where they do their little cardiology things, and they noticed that their seats, the little seats in their waiting room, were, like, really worn out. Like, the cushions were worn out, and they brought in some guy to be like, we need to replace these. You know, whatever. I'm sure hospitals have furniture people. <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, you're right. It's just a funny thought. It's a funny thought. But like, there has to be somebody who's putting those ugly-ass chairs in hospital waiting rooms. Yeah, like, there is. that's their job. There is someone. Because apparently this furniture guy went up to the cardiologist and said, you know, this is kind of odd. Like, most of the time, these chairs last, like, way longer in an office. It's kind of funny that you would have to request new ones so soon. Which, just for the record, a hospital would do because money and furniture costs money. Yeah. But, um, and they're like, oh, that's weird. And they looked at the chairs and felt like they were they were really worn out on, like, the edge of the seat and, like, the arms of the seat. And their theory was that that was because their patients were, like, really jittery um, and anxious and, like, sitting on the edge of their seats and getting up and sitting down more so than patients in other offices. Um, and so they set out, and, and they did... Here's the deal. This is the only example of all the tests that I'm talking about today where they actually did run a scientific study that okay. had, like, a control group, and they did bring in psychologists at some point. But, um, and it was, like, a published paper or whatever. But the thing about it is that, um, they said, so they said type A, oops, oh my gosh, I might not have actually written this down, but what... It, this, Aaron Bennett! Uh, the most, like, important part, but essentially what it said was that a type A person 
is stressed. They are competitive, aggressive, and uh, more stress prone. A type B person is more passive, um, accepting, and laid back. And then there's a type C person, which is like, uh, had a very small, a much smaller description and said like, a people pleaser who's not as good as expressing themselves, which is one way of saying they didn't tell us what they're like, so we're just putting them in type C. But the 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 test the study is so odd because they were just studying that a more the results of the test said a more stressed person is more likely to have heart problems later in life. Which is true. Which is true. Which is true. But the way that they organized it was so odd because really the way it's structured is that if you are essentially told you're a type A person, you would want to do your best to become a type B person. Like, gotcha. in this universe, a type B person is objectively better because they are not going to die of a heart attack. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fair. Uh, so it's so it's odd because it's not, like, permanent. Like, it's not, like, fixed. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like, you can... Well, I mean, yeah, you can be a stressed out person and be told, hey, stop doing that and like make life changes but neither are the results of these things because we both said that our results changed for one of them well right exactly which will bring us into anyway so that that's just an anecdote about how personality personality tests a lot of the times the ones that we're familiar with have some kind of other motive the person who created them had a goal and Things change and develop over time, and we use things in different weird ways, um, such as like uh, using type A and type B to talk about someone who's either organized or disorganized, which like isn't technically part of the study, but like we all accept culturally now that that that's it. Yeah, yeah. So it's just I thought the chair story was interesting. It is fascinating. Like the like I just saw that the furniture guy was like, hey, hey. these didn't last very long. Why are your clients so stressed? I'm into furniture. I know these things. (laughs) The furniture guy. He knew. Um, Okay, so the next thing we're going to talk about. I hope they credited him in their paper. I hope so, too. I actually am not sure. But since the story exists, they must have. I mean, somebody knows that the furniture guy did it, but nobody knows his name. You're right. I didn't see his name in the story. Maybe it was a furniture gal. It could have been a furniture gal. It could have been a furniture gal. Um... I don't have to go back to psychology today. To, yeah, you will. To double check. Um, that makes me think of, I've been watching this show called Dimension 20 that you should watch. She basically lets people play D&D, but it's funny. And um, the lunch lady is gone for reasons that I can't tell you because spoilers. But they get, one of the characters gets their dad hired and they start calling him the lunch lad. The lunch lad. <laughs> I think that that's funny. It is funny. Furniture gal made me think of the lunch lad. I like it. I, I, um, imagining a story where lunch lad and furniture gal, like, get together. Ooh, yeah. Lunch lad did recently get divorced, so he does need a new... Oh, and so furniture gal comes along. And sweeps him off of his feet. With her cool chairs. Yeah. I feel like lunch lad could dig that. Right now he just eats expired yogurt. Anyway, you gotta watch this show. Back to... (laughs) Oh my god. Well, that was Back great. To this. I love a little love story in term in the middle in the middle in, in wow. Nope. Don't know. We love a love story. We love a love story. At any point in our 
I can <laughs> tell if there was water in that. So I figured if those came out wet, <laughs> I would know. And they didn't sort good. Han- so we got quiet for a second, and Hannah reached over to a jar in which I keep my scissors just to pull them out, look at them, check them, and put them back. It's like, it's her it's her art supplies. So, like, the jar is covered in, like, dried paint. And other things are in there, but it looks in such a way that it could be, like, dirty paint water. And I, I was see, like, I see. what are, why are her, that's going to give you rusty scissors. Those are no good. It's my little, like, paint bandana in there for, like, wiping paintbrushes. That's what that is. Well, your scissors are dry. They are. They're dry. Thank you for checking, though. That's keep your scissors dry, folks. They're if you keep them wet, they'll get rusty and gross. I'll check them if I'm ever at your house. (laughs) The scissor inspecting lady. (laughs) We haven't found her love interest yet. We'll work on it. Story of my life, really. This is the engaged woman. Prior to Jason. Okay, okay, this is, okay, this is okay, okay. Fair, fair, fair. Me fair. more than three years ago. Yes. All right. <laughs> What's the next personality test? All right, we're talking about we gotta the move on. on. You're right, you're right, you're right. It's okay. Well, since we skipped, if this is a long episode, that's all right. But the next thing we're talking about is the Myers-Briggs personality test. I'm ready. So before we dive in, I would like to know your results. Um, so... I used to be an ENTJ. Can you just say what that is? Extroverted, extroverted, intuitive, thinking, judging. And now I'm an ENFJ, so I'm extroverted, intuitive, feeling, judging. Um, And it says, as an ENFJ, you are driven by a deep sense of altruism and empathy for other people. You have an intuitive sense of emotions for others and often act as an emotional barometer for people around you. You tend to personally experience the feelings of others and feel compelled to act when you see people suffering, but your compassion is not reserved for the people close to you. At heart, you are humanitarian and you feel genuine concern for the ills of the entire human race. Wow. Do you feel like that's more correct than your other one? Um, I think that that feels correct. Yeah. I don't remember... I must have been, like, on the cusp because it's... So the things are, like, introverted or extroverted, sensing or intuitive, mm-hmm. thinking or feeling, and perceiving or judging. Um, and I'm 66% feeling now. And I don't remember what it was before when I was thinking. But everything else is, like, very in the middle. Well, I'm very extroverted. But, like, intuitive is 55 and judging is 59. So, like, I really could have gone either way if I had answered the question slightly differently. Right. Which is interesting. Okay. I'll share mine next. So, I the, I had taken it before, and I always got INFJ. Mm-hmm. But this time that I took it, and I tried to be like, tried to do a good job and be like honest in my answers, and I got ENFP. Oh, so you're I, extroverted now. Well, if you look at it, it's practically 50-50. It's like very, oh, where'd it go? I don't know. Anyway, it was very on the... On the cusp, so it's kind of like you said about mm-hmm. your things. Like if I answered a few questions a little differently, it would have been back to introverted. ENFPs, so that's extroverted, intuitive, feeling, perceiving. Mm-hmm. Are people-centered creators with a focus on possibilities and a contagious enthusiasm for new ideas, people, and activities. Energetic, warm, and passionate, ENFPs love to help other people explore their creative potential. And I was like... Yeah. yeah. 
Okay. I am interested that, like, you went from introverted to extroverted, because I do feel like you are more outgoing and, like, into people than you were when we were in college. Yeah. I I mean, I feel like that's true, too. Not that you ever were, like, against new friends, but you used to say that, like, I made friends and they just became everybody's friends and it, like, worked out for you. You were just, like, tag along into my friendships. I was not good at, like, going out and just, like, making friends when we started college or like any of my like youth childhood any of that like I was a really shy kid I was really shy around like teachers um really shy around new people like the idea of like having to make new friends you were afraid of me when we met well yeah I was I thought because you seemed like you knew everybody you seemed like you had a lot of friends my older brother went to the same college as us so I like came to college with a pre-created group of friends for me and I do, like, I walk into a room and go, all right, who's my friend now? She's also very tall. I don't know if that changes my ability to make friends. It just seemed like it mattered to me. I don't know. I was just like, she just, she just seems like she must be older. Like, she knows what's going on. She's so much taller than oh, me. Oh, that's right. You thought I was an upperclassman. Yes. I thought, yeah. Yes. I thought you knew everything and were this older person. Surprise. I'm older. But I'm I like... Five months. I know. Which is crazy. He's like a lot older. <laughs> the way you said it at first, I thought you were going to be like, five months doesn't matter. No, it does. <laughs> that... You were born a whole... The last number in your birth year is different from mine. This is true. Of course it matters. I was an infant experiencing some mushy, almost solid foods before you were even out of the womb. Yeah. Yeah. I always think that's a funny way to think about it. I was growing and rolling around and torturing my mother, and you were putting poop on your hands and eating dirt. Yeah. And crawling before I was born. That's wild to me. Well, you know what's wilder? What? When I was born, Jason had his license. (laughs) Well, yes. This is wilder. (laughs) This is wilder. By the time Danielle was born, you were probably walking. Yeah. Because you're... Well, maybe not. I guess because you're like... Six or seven months older than I Yeah, yeah. What is it? What is the baby doing at seven months? I mean, you're starting to, like, pull yourself up on things. You're standing. Oh. But you probably weren't mobile yet. I was pretty chubby, so, like... Me too. I was rolling around than anything. <laughs> just picturing you like, I can't stand because I have too much fat. I'm just too chunky for it. I, oh, man. Um, anyways, tell us about Myers-Briggs. Okay, so here's the deal about all of this, is that... Um, If it means something to you, that's okay. Um, But the history of the Myers-Briggs test is pretty weird. Um, And so what happened was is that I hadn't really started my research yet. I I knew that it was to to take the real, real test, it costs money. I knew that. And I knew that you can get certified to administer the test. And I knew that there's like retreats and books and people can be a Myers-Briggs expert. Um, and obviously I didn't do any of that. I took the one that you can find for free online. But um, <laughs> Can you imagine if you went to a retreat before this episode so you could be like... <laughs> the real expert? The real deal? Well, I read a story about a woman who wrote a book and tried to do all that. Like, she wanted to get in to the, to the group, essentially. And she wanted to, like, read the journals and, like, learn all the history. And they were very secretive about it. And Are they a cult? They're kind of culty. Yeah. Ooh, they're, they're about Myers. They're 
actually pretty culty. Um, so I was kind of aware of all this, but then I was scrolling through Twitter one day during work and I saw someone had started a thread where they said, Hey, everyone should just know that the Myers-Briggs, the Myers-Briggs test is rooted in racism and eugenics. And I was like, Oh, poop. Oh, poop. This is what I was going to talk about on my podcast. I was like, no, it's okay. This is interesting. This is why we're learning. So I looked at the article that they were sharing. Um, and it was just a personal article that some, it was published in a small online magazine. So I started looking into it. And it turns out there was a big article about Myers-Briggs and the history of the test from the New Yorker that referenced some of the same things that this other little article online had talked about. Um, but here's the deal. So Myers and, Myers and Briggs were a mother-daughter duo. Catherine Briggs and Isabel Myers. Catherine was the mom. You know, when you before we started, Aaron gave me a really quick, hey, they might be bad people. But you didn't use any pronouns, so I just assumed bad people telling us who we are a long time ago, men. I know. And I probably shouldn't have done that. Girls can be bad too. But I definitely thought this was going to be like two male scientists trying to control women. It's not. Okay, continue. This is why it's interesting and weird. So Catherine Briggs was a big fan of our good friend, Carl Jung. Okay. So Carl Jung has a thing called... Our bestie. Our bestie. Um, he has this thing called the six personalities. And that's actually where the extroverted, introverted, um, intuitive, sensing... Feeling judging. Feeling judging. And... No, thinking, judging, shoot. So hold on. Let me just say, it inspired It inspired what the Myers-Briggs came, came up with. Perceiving. Carl Jung's six personalities are actually extroverted, introverted, sensing, intuition, thinking, and feeling. So that is only three, which leaves which one that... Perceiving, not? judging. Perceiving, judging was an invention of Briggs. Um, so quick note about Carl Jung's six personalities. He didn't believe that you were like only one or only the other he believed that you're on the conscious level you express a certain amount of introversion of extroversion and then like your shadow subconscious self is the other part of it okay so like if you have a really extroverted conscious self you have a very introverted subconscious self this is making me think of the astro cafe stuff because it's like how you present to others, how you present to yourself, what you're like when you walk in a room, how you present your emotions. Yes, we are going to get into why your astrological chart is so super nuanced and interesting and and still not a science, but but a perhaps more holistic way to think about the self. But but Carl Jung was very much like we're all whole people, all parts of humanity are in you in some level, right? Um but so Briggs and Myers, as a team, were interested in how to make families more harmonious. Mm -hmm. So, let's see, I did make a note. So Catherine Briggs was born in 1875, and she died in 1968. And then... Jeez, she was like into her 90s. Isabel Myers was the same. She was born in 1897, and she died in 1980. So she wow. also lived a long time. But, so just so you know, the, the beginnings of the test 
or her thinking about this was like the early 1900s. And it took a long time of her like studying her own family, writing to Carl Jung, um, and then her daughter kind of getting really into this and being like, this is a helpful thing. So it took a long time for the Myers-Briggs test to sort of catch on. And it was mostly because Isabel Myers, the daughter, really pushed it during her lifetime. But the idea was, is that accepting that your nuclear family isn't always going to get along. And yeah. it can't just be that we're all terrible people. Well, there has to, well, there has to be a reason. And if we can, like, understand that what just what that person is instinctively like, then we can understand why they get mad at us for doing a certain thing. Okay. Um, or like, you know, clean freeze, clean people versus messy people. Um, so Catherine Briggs believed that this was like innate, unchangeable part of us, our like personality. And that she wanted to create a test so that we'd be able to categorize people, share that information and understand who gets along better with who. Okay. Isabel Myers took this idea and it wasn't entirely clear like how this happened or like when it became a we can make money off of this thing but it became very interesting to like post World War II white collar corporate America who wanted to figure out how to best like organize big companies because they'd be like if I'm interviewing and there's a bunch of people who want this job, how do I decide who's best if technically they all have the same like work experience or, you know, okay. also all have none. And they're all like, I used to work in a factory, but now I want to work in an office. Um, so they were like using this as a way to say like, who will get along yes. with our current employees. Yes. Interesting. Or who will be good at whatever tasks we need to do. Interesting. Which is why when you read your Myers-Briggs results, it says like, you are good at encouraging others, or... Oh, it's like carefully phrased office language. Yes, yes. Okay, wait, it, I need to look at it again Yes, now. it wants to say, you know, a lot of times it will say, um, looks for creative projects, um, likes to work independently, works good with groups, um, gently encourages others to improve, or very excitedly encourages others to improve. Um, you believe cooperation is the best way to get things done. Exactly. It's about getting things done. So the Myers-Briggs test today is still used by a lot of like Fortune 500 companies. That makes sense. As a way to like categorize their employees um, and create their teams and um, judge whether someone's a fit for their company or whatever. Um, and... Right now, it to become certified and to go to these retreats and to become qualified to administer the official Myers-Briggs test, it can run up to like thousands of dollars to be like this qualified person. This feels like a really weird, complex MLM, like pyramid scheme. What is an MLM? Multi-level marketing. Oh, yes. So yes. That's, that's like Pamper Trap yes. is an MLM. Yes. Um, what's the yes. makeup on Mary Kay? Yes. Yes. It is like that. It is like that. And they're very secretive about how to get access to the real test. You guys, Erin just got really aggressive and put her finger in my face to tell me that it is like that. Because you're right. Because that's exactly a good way to put it. Um, and so the test is not 
founded in any real science. It's interesting, and it, like, pulls from other things we have studied in psychology, but in and of itself, it's not, was not performed on any psychological tests, and it didn't involve any patient studies. Interesting. None of that. Because it's, like, I was telling you earlier that in classes, in college psychology classes, we would take this and talk about our results and use it as, like, a psychological tool is how it was presented to us. Which is interesting. I was surprised to hear you say that because there are psychological tests that we use to judge whether someone has like a learning difference or something. Yeah, yeah. Or... I've I've seen those. Actually, I've had those administered on me before. Right. Um, or even to see if someone what like there are tests to determine if someone has a different kind of depression or anxiety. Yeah. Well, the whole like um, uh, wow, why am I forget DSM right. diagnos- diagnostical and statistical manual has all those, like, qualifiers in it, but I just, like, have lived four years. It took me to get this degree, and I was lied to. (laughs) Well, to to be fair, I think maybe a lot of, well, it's hard to say, because, like, there's a lot of money in the Myers-Briggs test, is the weird thing about it, um, and it... I don't think I ever paid for it. I think that we always did the free version, and it was, like, a uh, like, we're all in the class together, do the 10-minute test, let's talk about our results. I also took a class where we all had to sort our house, self into Harry Potter houses, so, like... Which is we, clearly and not did, based in And science. we did that in class. <laughs> I think we did them both and compared the results to see, like, if Harry Potter houses... Because it was, like, a test online. Ah. Like, what the personality was. Well, like, taking your Harry Potter personality test, or house test... We should have done that one. ...is fun. Um, it's undoubtedly fun, and we like putting ourselves in categories, and we like feeling like we're part of some other group, or feeling like we're different Oh yeah, people, special. human beings intrinsically want to belong. Yes. Yes. Um. Which is how people get wrapped into cults, and MLMs. Yes. And church. Yes. And crazy things. Which is like, there's all kinds of online groups for the Myers-Briggs test. Like, you're like, I'm only going to join this thing because I only want to talk to other INFJs or whatever. Um, Which is also crazy because I, like, personally, that's not how that would work for me. I think that if I only had friends who were the same personality as me, I would kill them. Did you think that you dropped your wine? I thought I was going to knock my wine glass over, but I didn't. Um... I would kill them. (laughs) (laughs) I would. I'm a very loud, outgoing person. If all of my friends were just like me, we would fight all the time. Yeah. I need people, some people who are going to put me in my place, like you and Danielle do, and some people who are going to let me boss them around. (laughs) Like like Jason does. (laughs) I can't have people telling me what to do. (laughs) Right. Right. This is true. Balance. We seek balance. Um, But, so there's, so... The weird thing is, these are just a couple notes. There was only a few bits of this. I'm not sure how... I'd have to do a lot more research to justify kind of this claim. But during this period in the beginning of the 20th century, beginning of the you know, the shift in the Industrial Revolution to the idea of the office and office culture mm-hmm. and stuff. This um, was like early 1900s. Yeah. Okay. Um... It was a weird and time. And they were taking away alcohol. Yes, you're right. They were taking away alcohol. People <laughs> Bring it back to the Prohibition every single episode now. People were upset. They needed something to feel good about. 
But it also was a weird time because eugenics totally existed, which was the pseudoscience that suggested that certain physiological traits were an expression of internal qualities such as... Well, this is also in things like the Holocaust and World War II. Lots of terrible things. Were going on. And, and the same thing. He right. went, if you right. don't look this way and believe these things, you should probably just die. Superior race. So Myers and Briggs believed that... are reported as saying that the Myers-Briggs test really only works and is consistent and valuable to people of, like, a certain intelligence. And that okay. if, if you don't understand it or if you don't feel like it relates to you, it's because you just aren't... You're not smart enough. Right. You're just not a, a elevated enough, a advanced enough human. Based on the time period, I can't say I'm surprised. I'm disappointed, but I'm not shocked. And then the other thing that I read about, which was in that other smaller article, independent article I told you about, is that Isabel Myers, she was struggling for money, is the thing. She mm -hmm. was, like, failing at all these other parts of her life. She's yeah. the daughter? Daughter. Okay, yeah. I was trying to keep track of which was mom, which was daughter. So, so mom was the one who, like, wrote letters to Carl Jung, was interested in his stuff, thought she could use it to improve motherly life gotcha. in the home. Isabel Myers is the one who was, like... Monetized it. Yeah. And went a little crazy. Okay. Yeah. Um... But Isabel Myers, one of the things she tried to do was be a novelist, like a mystery writer. And apparently the book she was trying to sell that never got sold was a story about a southern uh, plantation family or like descendants of a plantation family who found out by some whatever rumor that there might have been like african-american blood in their family and they all panic and freak out and start killing people oh so it's racist trench. it's super racist it's super racist and terrible oh and so my god when no one bought that book she was like i will sell this test <laughs> um nothing is wrong with this so it's a weird thing because it's a complicated history these are very questionable women um but, like you said... Well, also, the the intelligence piece, because of what it was when they were alive, is implying racism because the thought of, like, white people are smart people is very much where the world was at. It still is today, to some degree. Unfortunately, there's still a ton of racism. But, right. like, her, her saying, like, you're just not smart enough is definitely also her saying, you're just not white enough. Yeah, because I'm sure that the questions, actually, I took it, the questions are fairly culturally, like, they're not going to apply to everybody. They apply to us because we're both raised in middle-class white households. Yes. Yes. Nuclear family. Our parents are all still married. America. We have yes the picket fence and the dog. Like. Yeah. It was, uh, anyway, so this was all news to me, and I found it yeah, all. Yeah, I'm Shocked. Shocked. Well, you, no, that's why I'm it's not shocked. I'm okay. I'm shocked not before I knew who Myers and Briggs were, but knowing who they were when they were alive, it's not surprising information. It's disappointing information. Correct. Yes. Shocked. Bamboozled. Bamboozled. I feel bamboozled, which is why the other thing is that the test is inconsistent. 
you'll take it and you'll get different results throughout your life. Well, the the you... one to five scale, the like, right, never, almost never, neutral, sometimes, always, isn't a good scale. It's mm. not specific enough. Mm. And so my almost never could be your sometimes. Correct. Correct. Anyway, just to wrap up, that's the Myers-Briggs test. Isn't that crazy? That's insane. So, it's not science. It's all fake. Well, I'm disappointed, but not surprised. <laughs> uh, which one are we doing next? So now we're going to talk... Now, this is a much bigger subject that you could write books and books about, but what I wanted to bring up was astrology. Yes. Ready. So, your astrological chart. If you have any kind of social media, you know that it's like a super duper popular thing right now. Also kind of like like a less exclusive, but like a cult following. Like people yeah. who do this, like, do it. Yes. Yes, correct. Um, and some people are better and more well read up on it than others. And a lot of people have strong opinions about whether the calendar we're using is accurate or like if 2,000 years ago the calendar they were using doesn't apply to us and we should have invented something else and whether you use the one... Well, the calendar that we're using was invented for the work week. Mm. Yes. It was like, it was put together so that bosses could get more out of their employees. Right, the Western... Yeah. Westernized version of the calendar year. Yeah. Um, and farming. And that's more the school calendar. And far yeah, that's a little different. I'm talking about like the <laughs> Sorry, I get them mixed up. Star calendar of the planets and stuff. But anyway, blah blah blah. Um Do I know my big five? Oh hey. Yeah. Let's share what ours are and then I'll dive in. Oh well, you know what? Let me do I started, so let me do a little bit of okay. history first. Um I guess. Fine. So very different from the Myers Briggs. Astrological studies are ancient. They've existed since the birth of civilization in Mesopotamia. Um, it was studied in different ways all around the world as civilization blossomed around the planet. Um, the Great Britannica Encyclopedia says it originated in Mesopotamia, 3rd millennium BC, spread to any India, um, developed its Western form in Greek civilization during the Hellenistic period. This is kind of closest to maybe what your Western Instagram astrologers use. Um, it entered into Islamic culture as part of the Greek tradition, returned to European culture through Arabic learning during the Middle Ages. So the people who could read during the Middle Ages, which were the Arab people, which we talked about, um, the whole world was not illiterate. Hannah learned that episode. <laughs> yes, just we, Europe was illiterate, but the Middle East was like writing books and studying science and being smart. You teach me so much. I try. I try. Uh, I'm learning a lot too. I mean, this is all new news to me. Um, so, according to the Greek tradition, the heavens are divided according to the twelve constellations of the zodiac. And the bright stars that rise at intervals cast a spiritual influence over human affairs. Um, but there's also a different calendar that was developed in ancient China, in imperial, imperial China. Um, 
and it became standard practice to have a horoscope cast for each newborn child. Hmm. When you say imperial, time is confusing and made up. When was imperial China? I'm pretty sure it's the same as medieval times. This would have okay. been all the Chinese dynasties. But I'm pretty sure the the medieval period into the Renaissance in what you think of as Western world, in the Eastern world, there was the different Chinese dynasties that went on. There were like many Chinese okay. dynasties that lasted long, long, yeah, yeah, yeah. hundreds of years. It's like Mulan and stuff. Yeah, like Mulan <laughs> and stuff. Um, uh, I just left because anytime that you say Renaissance, I want to ask you to define <laughs> it. That time after the medieval period and before I've learned modern, so much since our second time. episode. So much. Um, I used to be able to recite all the Chinese dynasties for my AP history test, and I cannot now. But yeah, that's come up before. <laughs> Did I say that before? Yeah. It was a rhyme. It was a rhyme. It went to a song. You were like, it just hasn't come up again. <laughs> I wish I could remember. It was almost the title of that episode. It was like in the top three that I had written down for oh, really? whatever episode that was. Oh, man. I want to say it, it was the one where I asked you to define the Renaissance. I want to look it up, but I feel like my history teacher invented it. But I'll look, if I find it, I'll share it with everyone. Next episode, you're going to hear about all the Chinese dynasties. They're actually really cool. It's all, it's all very, it's an interesting, super dramatic part of world history. Um, I don't remember learning about that, but anyways, continue. I probably did. Just blacked out high school. All right. So that was just a, so that's just a little bit of background. Um, there's a lot to say about it, but for now, let's jump into our own astrological charts. Hannah, what did yours tell you? Um, well, which parts do you, like, do you want me to just do, like, the big five? Do you want... Just do the big, just do the big five. Okay, so my sun is Taurus, my moon is in Scorpio, my ascending is Cancer, um, and then, what is, is it Mercury and Mars? Mm-hmm. Are both... Well, hold on, I've always thought it was your sun sign, your rising sign, your moon sign, your Venus... Oh, maybe it is Venus. And I know Mars is one of them. And you're Mars. And okay. So, Sun is Taurus, Moon is Scorpio, Rising is Cancer, Venus is Taurus, and Mars is Aries. Your Mars is in Aries? Yeah, I don't think I knew that. Wow. For some reason, I thought my Mars was in Taurus, but I think I did this right. As long as you got the time that you were born, correct? I did. 9, 12 a.m. Everything else is the same. I just thought maybe because they're next to each other, maybe I read it backwards. I thought that sure. my Mars was in Taurus. My Venus is. My Mars is in Aries. Wow. There's also the houses, the nodes, the degrees. I don't know anything about that. I just know how to know what my top, my big five are. Yeah. So then it says things like, um, like my son is in Taurus. There's something very solid about Taurus natives, no matter what the rest of their charts say about them, though they are dependable most of the time. This generally shows itself more in habit than in outright helpfulness. Uh... Taurus natives are sensual folk, and this includes sex, but extends to pleasures in all areas. They delight in sensual pleasures of food, a comfort blanket, a richly colored aquarium to look at, the smell of flowers, spring rain, etc. Which I'd say is accurate. And that's like just, and then there's like paragraphs on my son. Right, right, right. So as you look at your whole chart, it kind of, everything kind of shifts and affects each other, and it ends up being like a super hyper personal to you. Yeah. Um, I but hope that you all can hear the pouring rain outside. It just started storming, and I love summer rainstorms. Just when you said spring rain. Yeah. Um, the, my favorite part about my chart, though, is the moon, because it says moon in Scorpio, people seek out emotional intensity. You sure do. <laughs> <laughs> Me? Never. <laughs> um, so anyways, right. what are your big five? So mine says my sun is in Sagittarius, my ascending is in Virgo, 
my moon is in Libra, my Venus is in Sagittarius, and my Mars is in Sagittarius as well. Interesting. You have a lot of Sagittarius in your chart. I do, but I think I have all the things. I have Sagittarius, fire, air. You have water. Water, earth. Yeah, because you have Taurus in there. And that's it. Yeah, I have all the things. I have Capricorn, Aquarius, Scorpio, Sagittarius, Libra. But your big five are Sagittarius, Libra, and Virgo. Yeah, so, okay, so that's Earth, Fire, and Air, Air. Sagittarius is Fire, Virgo is Earth, My Jupiter. Libra is Air. But Sagittarius is supposedly ruled by Jupiter, and my Jupiter is in Scorpio. Scorpio is water, right? Yes. So see, that's how like they all like relate to each other in such a strange way. Um, and then supposedly all of your... All of your houses, I, I'm not sure. I'm not as familiar with that as with the planets. Oh, yeah, because, like, your sun is in the fourth house. Yeah. And, and it tells you about it. Like, if you read this in depth, and it, like, for me personally at least, it, people would be like, well, if you read your horoscope in the paper, they make really broad strokes. And, like, yeah, that's true. That's very commercialized. But when I read my chart, the details that are in it, I'm like, no, that's me. That's me and on a website. But what I appreciate about it is that there's always, like, if you feel this, then maybe that's because yeah. if you look at this other part of your chart. But, but it I also says, like, it, it never says, like, are. Like, Tauruses are. It's like they tend to be or they have these traits or some of this might apply. It's not, like, black and white. Right. It's very not black and white. And so the thing that I wanted to bring up is that when I looked at the definition of astrology, the first word that came up is that it was a form of divination mm-hmm. and that the people who study it, who studied it were not scientists at the time that astrology kind of was a big deal in the Western world. It was conflated with astronomy, which was a study of the stars, which, mm-hmm. um, developed into the, the real science of the stars that we use now to study how yeah. long it takes for a spaceship to travel to a planet. Um, but, Astrologers were, were priests, were spiritual leaders, were um, magicians, not magicians, but they were... Magic. Magic. They were studying a kind of magic. Like things things like tarot and uh, prophesizing things, and not in like the biblical sense, and like the, I look at these symbols in your life, and this is what it means, and this yeah. is what might happen to you. Right. So it's... Tarot cards are a whole other thing that could have a whole other podcast about them. But the interesting thing about it is that a lot of what we get from personality tests, the kinds we take today, that we use in psychology, are are all fake, apparently. They're all fake, are trying to tell us things that are similar to what your astrological chart supposedly is telling you. Now, obviously, you're not answering a quiz to get these results. This is based on what the stars looked like when you were born. Yes. Because you need, if you've never done this, you need the time and the location and the date that you were born. And you can get, like, a vague one without time, but it doesn't have all the same information because I've I've done that before. Correct. It's not as specific. Yeah. So, does the position of the stars and planets affect what kind of person you turn out to be? Yes. It's up to you to decide. However, astrology does not claim to be a science, but... 
you're making a choice about what you believe and what you believe about the universe. And you're dealing with... Oh, is it curly? Because it's going to rain. It's not going to curl up. You have up. a very nice corkscrew curl, so uh, I just stuck my finger through the middle yes. of it. Hannah was touching my hand. Hannah has... I'm Hannah. <laughs> Aaron, that was weird. I, I'm, I'm Hannah. I've got people the wrong name before, but never my name. I don't know what just, like, misfired in my brain. <laughs> that I caught you oh, by. Like, reboot. I, I'm Hannah. <laughs> my own name. I was just going to say that you have, like... Beautiful curly hair, but it's not usually like corkscrew curls unless it's like this outside where it's hot and raining. And then you'll have like one or two that are just like perfectly shaped, like Shirley Temple curls. I like to play with them. Anyways, <laughs> we're not talking about that. No, but that's okay. Just so the audience is aware, I approve of Hannah touching my hair. Um, <laughs> calling you by my name. Call me by your name. Oh, uh, I've literally never done that before. That was very weird. It was weird, but you know what? It's on the podcast, and that's special. It's <laughs> staying. Everyone can hear it for eternity. Um, yeah, so what I think is cool about astrology, before we move on to the next thing, is that um, it reflects the work of a lot of different cultures around the world, and it is a cool way to connect with history um, and things that people have been doing across time. It's this ancient practice, uh, this ancient idea that we're related to the stars, Hannah's holding her boobs. And they're so sweaty. I'm so sorry. And my, I don't even have like a like I have this on. It's like a little bralette, like t-shirt yeah. material. It's sticking to everything. I'm sorry, guys. It's humid. <laughs> it's well, cause it's like it was 90 all day, and now it's pouring rain, which I like. I said I love this weather, but I'm just like very sticky, um, and it's distracting me because sensory stuff. But astrology is super cool, like Aaron was saying. But yeah, uh, so. Weird. <laughs> I hope that that we'll, we'll move on. We'll move on. Do I have a bias towards astrology over the pseudoscience see things that pretend to be something they're not? Maybe. Yes, definitely. Um, but anyway. I'm unraveling. I do apologize. It's okay. We're doing a long episode. I hope that's alright. No, I'm I'm cool with it. I'm just like I'm feeling I'm feeling chaotic today, you know? Yeah, I know. <laughs> You're like, when don't you? No, I feel that. I feel that. Some days, some days you just are feeling the chaotic good in you come out. Yeah. Um, speaking of human categories, that's another one I didn't think to bring up, but that's... Oh, the, like, the neutral evil, lawful evil, chaotic evil, neutral good, true neutral, whatever. But that comes from D&D. Does it? I'm pretty positive. I like it. It had to do with creating... I would say that I'm chaotic good. It had to do with creating your D&D character, how they would react in certain situations. I'm either lawful evil or chaotic good. Depending on the day. Lawful evil or chaotic good? Because I'm not, I'm not like a bad person, so I'm not like chaotic evil. I'm not neutral in any sense. But I'd say some days I'm a little bit more mischievous than others. I and I always have a little chaos in me. Always. I like, I like the little images that say, you know, if you would do such and such yeah. a thing in such and such situation, this is what you are. Okay, it's lawful good, neutral good, chaotic good, lawful neutral, true neutral, chaotic neutral... Lawful evil, neutral evil, chaotic evil. You're right. I would have to. I would have to read the situation. I can't guess what I would be. Um, I'd say you're. You're. I don't. I would say you're chaotic neutral. Maybe. Versus chaotic good. Not that you're not good. But I think that. 
I don't know. I don't know anything about it, but just hearing the words to me, that sounds much more like a like a me person. <laughs> like a, like a little oh, don't know, don't know what's happening. Um, I also have seen those those like diagrams, and yes. it's like um, April from Parks and Rec is usually in the like lawful evil oh <laughs> category or something like that. And I'm like I also am her some days. Um, That's fair. Should we talk about our characters? Yes. So this is the one I'm excited to talk about this. Oh, I clapped. That was loud. Um, sorry, headphone listeners. Sorry. I apologize. They'll get over it. So this last personality test is a personality test in the truest sense. Um, you answer a bunch was of this questions the one with the adjectives? on a sliding scale. Yes. So I can't promise that this is accurate because I didn't know what all of the words meant. <laughs> the vocabulary was past mine, so I would go with what they sounded like and kind of base it off of that. <laughs> that's fair. But you're being true to yourself, and that's what counts. Yeah, I didn't feel like looking them up, which is also true to me. And when I didn't know what they meant, I tried to stay in the middle ground, because I, I couldn't answer honestly, uh, but towards whichever one felt better based on how it sounded. I love it. Thank you for sharing. Yeah. Um, so just for a little background... This character test, I'm pretty sure it's just called the character quiz, yes. um, is an open source data website that essentially is a quiz that lets you know what fictional characters you most are most like in terms of your personality. Um, these are characters from classical literature, film, contemporary television, all kinds of media. And the way that the results are calculated is that people who use the test, I'm guessing you might have done this, you, mm -hmm. you, you click what media you're most familiar with. And then the test asks you, or the data collectors ask you, to answer questions about the characters you know the best. So everyone who participates in this test participates in the data, which... Which is funny because... The, so the results that I got, like, a lot of the characters on my results list, I know. But it, when it came to that point, and I was like, click anybody that you might know, we're going to have you rate them too. I didn't know a single, like, I hadn't watched a single one of the shows or movies or read the books that they listed for me. It That's just hilarious. happened. Because they only, they don't give you all of the, all of the stuff, you know, they give you, like, I think it was, like, ten. Mm -hmm. You can go, yes, I know this one, this one, and this one. And the ten that they gave me, not a clue about any of them. That's hilarious. But they're supposed to be, so it's oftentimes those are like the newer kind of things that are out yeah. there that they're like collecting data on so that people who take the test have like new characters they may or may not be alike to. Yeah. Um, so it's super interesting because it's constantly developing. It reflects our collective ideas of what these characters are like. Characters that are invented but that we're all familiar with. Mm -hmm. um, and so it has a much more like unbiased... Well, unbiased from the results sense in terms of, like, the people who are doing it, but because it's that sliding scale, it is very biased in yourself, and it probably is, like, if I took it today, I'd probably have very different results from when I did take it, because, like, my mood is different. Well, sure. So that's one of the things when I read about the test is they said, as opposed to different than the Myers-Briggs test, or something like that, or, like, an Enneagram or something else, um, is they said... Because the data is always changing, 
your results are going to change because yeah. of that and because of your own. Because you are answering... Your personal bias towards yourself on any given day. Exactly. Yes. So I don't know about you guys, but hour to hour I feel differently <laughs> about myself. Which <laughs> um, is but what makes it fun. It's, it's fun. Anyway, so um, tell so me I, what you got. I have my top person, but I also screenshotted the like top 25 if you wanted more information than that. Yes, yes. It's fun to get at least your top... Five or six, I think. Okay, so um, my very... Why aren't you letting me zoom in, you weirdo? My very top person is Meredith Grey from Grey's Anatomy. Are you for real? 86%. Wow! Not at all surprised. Wow! Oh my god! Not shocked, even a little. Um, and then I had, also at 86%, Caroline Forbes from The Vampire Diaries. I never watched that, so I don't know. Did you ever watch or read The Vampire Diaries? I did not, actually. Okay, so I don't know if that's accurate, but then... Also from Grey's Anatomy at 85%, Addison Montgomery. I thought that was funny because that's Derek's original wife and Meredith is his mistress and I am just like both of them, apparently. His type of women, apparently. Yeah. That's hilarious. Um, oh and then God. I got, also at 85%, Meadow Soprano. Never saw The Sopranos, so I don't... Alas, I do not know The okay. Sopranos that well, to be able to say. Um, all right. I don't know any of these people, but then the next one that I got that was like... A show that I know. Um, also, in my top 25 answers, they were all in the 80%. I got Cece from New Girl, 82%. <laughs> That's a good one. That That's is that one. is who I am. And That's I got Bernadette from The Big Bang Theory at 82%. Yes. Oh, my God. I don't These know. I got characters from, like, I got Princess Leia from Star Wars. I got okay. someone from Glee. Yes. Um, I got things from Degrassi and Parks and Rec and Westwood and Mad Men. I don't know. I don't watch a lot of anything. I watch the same show over and over and over again, which is Grey's Anatomy, and there's 20 seasons of it. But that's amazing, but I love that that's who you got, though. Um, so yeah, I got Elizabeth from Pirates of the Caribbean. Okay, I can I see haven't it. seen any of those movies, but she's, she's like the pirate. Who's she's like the girl, with yeah, she runs Jack away, Sparrow. she runs away to be a pirate. Okay, yeah, yeah, so I know who she is, because I've seen enough, like, gifs and memes and jokes about it, but, like, I have the basis of the movies down. Um, so yeah, those are my results. And it literally just says... 86% match, Meredith Grey, your traits and their traits are graphed below. Nothing else about it, and I love that. I was like, yeah, you know what? I am Meredith Grey. I love it. Strong-headed, independent women. Yeah. With okay. a lot of emotions. With a With lot. With so many emotions. Yes. And so much trauma. <laughs> yes. Oh, my God. And a few parental figures. Oh, my God. Wow. See, that's why it's so fun. That's why it's so fun. I love it. I do not have surprise half-siblings, though, because my parents never got divorced. Because she ends up, I don't know how familiar you are with the show. Absolutely. But in, all I know is that they're doctors. In her, like, third year of residency, she all of a sudden has a little sister. Because her parent, her mom ran away from her dad, and her dad remarried, and there's another Dr. Gray who starts as an intern that she did not know existed. Because her dad, when her mom ran away with her, her dad just never tried to reach out or contact her. They become best friends, they're great, but that's not going to happen to me. That was a wild story. Yep. It's very dramatic. It, it's I can't. I it's a uh, it's a soap this. opera. It's like that's what it is. It's a soap opera about surgery. Surgery. All right. Um, I'll show you mine. So the funny thing is that you probably I don't know how many of these characters you're gonna know. Oh jeez. Have you ever seen the movie Amelie? I didn't even know that was a movie. It's really good. It's a okay. French movie. Oh, of course. Sorry. Scroll back down. Your third result. I know. Everyone, my third result is Luna Lovegood. Yes. 91%. Um, 
That's uh, also interesting that you got in the 90s, and my highest percentage was 86. I think you should try taking it again. This was my I think second time. Part uh, of it is I did not know what the words meant, so I was very in the middle on everything. You I didn't have texted me. While I didn't you were go extreme it. to either. I could have just Googled the word definitions. I chose not to do that. You're so silly. Yeah, I was really. Oh, yeah, you're Jeste. You're Phoebe from Friends. Oh, Phoebe from Friends, yes. You are Rapunzel. Yes, that reminded me of Rachel. Rachel would say that. Yeah, I don't, you're right, I don't know, like, I don't know Before Sunrise, I don't know The Shape of Water. Before Sunrise is one of Aaron and I's favorite movies. Is that accurate? Celine? I think so. I mean, okay. I'm, it's almost, like, too fun to say, because it's, like, I think one of, like, the best, she's, like, one of the best characters, I think. But then it's, like, if it's characters you love, maybe it's because you relate to them. Anyway, blah, blah, blah. But Luna Lovegood... Phoebe from Friends, and... I've also... I should probably watch The Scarlet Letter. I and Hester Prynne from The Scarlet Letter. You should or read, read it. I should read it. You're you right. Should I shouldn't it. watch it. I should read it. You're right. Surprisingly oh, sexy book. The Oracle from The Matrix. I've seen those movies. I don't... That's I've funny. Not. She's in the... In The Matrix, she's a couple different actresses, which is very sad because after... I think it was after the first two movies, the actual actress passed away, so they had to replace her, and they, like, oh. wrote it into the why she was a different oh. person. Um, but she's a very sassy, older woman. And she just bakes all the time and takes in stray kids, and I think that that'll be you when you're in your 80s. I love it. Thank you. No, I fully believe that one is correct. Oh, my God. Kimmy Schmidt from the... Have you seen that show? Unbreakable a little Kimmy bit. Schmidt? Yeah, yeah. yeah. She's just very naive because she was in a bunker for so many years. Yes. Can't, can't relate. <laughs> Aaron Bennett. <laughs> oh my god, I'm sorry. That laugh was probably kind of weird. No, I love, I love that because that's your genuine laugh that you do when you're not like, when you're just like, I said something funny and I liked it about myself. Uh, no, I love it. It's perfect. Wow. Okay. Who else did you get? Um... Baby from Dirty Dancing. That made me happy. I know who that is. I have not seen that movie. Yeah. I know. I knew you that, would that was love that movie. The second it came out of my mouth, I was like, you shouldn't have admitted that. Aaron's going to be so disappointed. You love that movie. How have you not seen it? To be fair, Aaron actually hadn't seen it, and I had to make him watch it. I think Jason's seen it. Of course, Jay of course Jason has seen it. Um... What was I going to say? Oh, do you want to know something really funny? Yeah. Aaron took it. Do you want to know what character he got as his biggest match? Noah from The Notebook. <laughs> also haven't seen it, but I know enough about it that that's perfect. Isn't that hilarious? And it's like the brooding picture of him with like the beard like sitting in the rain. And I was like, oh, that is Aaron. Aaron, I feel like, tries to be every like wine mom's ideal romance novel character <laughs> he you think he tries or just no i i think that it's i think that's a conscious effort that this <laughs> has become his personality like when i got here today he was sitting quietly on the couch either reading or writing in a very small notebook a black like yeah like smaller than his hand and would just like if i called on him would look up and answer things but was just like i'm i'm busy journaling he sometimes goes for barefoot walks in the woods and just comes out with his coffee cup and yeah. I think that you married every lonely housewife's <laughs> version of the perfect man. <laughs> His only flaw is that they would want him to bathe more, maybe. But. Uh, well, they might, like, think, <laughs> picture, okay, let me set the scene. This is, this is a romance novel about a lumberjack. Yep. Uh, yep. 
who, well, it's going to be a long episode. <laughs> um, it opens up. You have recently had to stay at your grandmother's farm. Her farmhand, Aaron, is outside, shirt off, rolled up, pants, no shoes, chopping wood. You take a deep breath. You can smell his musk. You wonder if he's single. He takes, he stops, wipes the sweat off his brow, and takes a long swig of coffee before turning to look at you and wink. And then return to chopping his wood. <laughs> like they would, they would die for that. You don't have to say what the musk smells like, <laughs> but he definitely has a musk. Oh my god! Yep, that's it. That's my that's my husband, everybody. And he would wink. He would catch you staring, and he would just just a casual acknowledgement. Okay, yeah, I can. And see then that. and then turn around and flex a little and go back to chopping. In real life, it would be me running out there going, what are you doing cutting wood with any shoes on? Because <laughs> like, I don't own shoes. shoes. <laughs> like, as you do, I have them right here. Protect your feet. I need... He'll go, I'll get them, and I'll put on his Birkenstocks with the ankle strap. <laughs> Those are great shoes. They are. I just, I just love... I love it because he almost never does up the back strap. So, like... I know. He why could've... do you have the shoes with the strap if you're not going to use it? It's like people with cracks who go four-wheel drive. There's four-wheel drive straps. But then when it gets to the point where he's in a situation where you should do up the back strap, he just takes them off. And he chooses the barefoot route. This is all fair. These are all fair observations. I also lived with him. (laughs) (laughs) I know more about him than I should. I'm sorry. Uh, Yep, yep, you guys were all great. You were the best roommates. He was, no, he was a good, he was a good bonus roommate. I am not complaining, but it was just, I'm just saying, I also know a lot about your husband because I did live with him for two years in very tight quarters. Small spaces. Small spaces. Um, But we all had a great time. It was fun. Now we're best friends. Yeah. (laughs) So. Anyways. Just a quick wrap up. Yeah, go for it. So I read a little thing. Again, I think this was Psychology Today talking about they did a series on why we like personality tests. Mm-hmm. And the interesting thing about it was that psychologists have found, looking at people's results, looking at how they feel about personality tests, what they have to say about themselves, is that for the most part, despite what personality tests may tell us, we actually know ourselves pretty well. Mm-hmm. Um, we do know what we're like. We have a pretty good sense of what people think of us. Um, and like granted sometimes maybe you don't, maybe you feel confused and like that happens to everyone and that's natural. Um, but in general, we are able to reflect on ourselves, um, without necessarily needing an exterior tool. But an interesting thing that the woman writer of this article said is that probably in a moment like that to understand yourself better the most effective thing to do is probably to ask your best friends rather than take an (laughs) online test. Well, I think, um, based on everything that you just said is that like, yeah, I could describe myself to you, but using the personality test gives me the verbiage. Right. Cause like that's what a personality test is, is you're describing yourself to the test and then they condense it into like a nice little paragraph with a bow on it that says like, you have a lot of emotions and you like to make sure people are happy. Mm. 
and you like sex. Like, that's what my personality does. <laughs> they were like, Hannah helps people and wants sex. Great. Awesome. I knew that about myself, but I didn't have the words to say that. Right. Okay. That's a good point. That's true. We're looking for, like, language to describe ourselves. Even and also like to descri perfect. describe and understand others. Oh. Which is perfect. Sorry. I touched her hair again. It's all good. You guys can't see us. <laughs> Maybe someday. Maybe someday. I'm sure you all are sitting there thinking, darn, if only I could see Hannah's long arms and Aaron's curly hair. <laughs> wait, wait, why? Because of what? your arms, you're sticking your arms oh. Haven't we not talked about how long your arms are before? I don't think my arms are that long. I think they're disproportionate to my body compared to how long my legs are. You disproportionate in what way? Too long or too short? Too short. Here's Morgan, do you have a tape measure in this house? Somewhere. Not in this room, though. No, no, but later we're going to measure my wingspan because it's supposed to be equivalent to your height, and if it's not, I'm right. However, even if even if in the, uh, what's the term? Relative to the rest of your body, you think that they are shorter than they should be, they're still long arms, though. Okay, yeah, my arms are longer than yours. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I put my hand on her shoulder and made her put her hand on my shoulder and it didn't reach, so. <laughs> She's not wrong. <laughs> I just chose to not believe it. <laughs> I know this because the first time Hannah and I ever went to a yoga class together, it got to a point when the yoga teacher was like, hey, if you can put your, if you can cross your foot, there's a position where you put your foot kind of like up in your hip crease, mm -hmm. and you take your opposite arm and wrap it around and you're supposed to grab your toe. Oh, and I can definitely do that. And Hannah, who I don't know how much yoga she had done previously, just just did it, just did it, and grabbed her toe. I'm not as flexible right now. I'm not. You're doing also it. in a chair. You're also in jean um, shorts. Yeah, I I am a very I'm double jointed in a lot of places, so I'm a very flexible person. And that was like my second yoga class ever. And you just grabbed your foot. Meanwhile, I was like, no hope on my end to. <laughs> and I mean, comparatively. You're like eight inches shorter than me. In all areas. Everywhere. Everywhere. <laughs> so, like, that makes sense. Yeah, it does. I also can do when I'm not, like, I'm super stiff right now because, like I was saying, my armpit muscles yeah. are sore. But I can do the thing where you touch your hands behind your back and I can do this. Right. I can. I can, like, put my palms on each other behind my back. But still. Um, right now I cannot because I'm regardless, regardless very how, tight. How, like, long your body is, you still have to be flexible in your yeah. shoulders to be able to do that. I need to stretch is what I'm learning right this second because I cannot. And, like, that shouldn't be hard for me, but I'm... I... Tubing took a lot out of me yesterday. Well, guess what I found out about myself is that I, um, stopped when I wasn't feeling good. I didn't do yoga or any stretching for, like, a week and a half. Mm -hmm. And I was like, that's okay. A lot of people don't stretch every day. Like, I liked... I like to, but, like, theoretically, people go about their days not... Oh, yeah, I barely ever stretch. Not doing that. Um, so I... But when I started feeling a little better, I was like, I'm going to go for, like, a light jog. And mm -hmm. I was also, like, not super worried about it, because theoretically, lots of people who run and jog don't do all that much stretching. Like, yeah. Stephen always tells me he doesn't do all... He warms Stephen up... Stephen is shaped like I am, though. He warms up with a run, and then he runs, and then he cools down with a run. Does this make sense to me? No. no. Um, so I was like, I'll be fine. I was not fine. My knees blew up like balloons. They were so swollen and sore, and I, like, could not walk. And I had to wear flat, like, orthopedic shoes <laughs> to work. Like, it was terrible. Well, uh, we've also talked about, though, like, you look, because you are, like, you're skinny in, like, a healthy way, and you're short, and so you look like you're 
you could just be tossed around and you are a very dense person. You have a lot this of muscle. Steven and I, well, he has a lot of muscle because he runs and chooses to, but we are very tall, sinewy, wiggly people. Wiggly people. Like, I could do that, and I wouldn't feel great the next day. I'd be sore because I personally don't use my muscles ever, <laughs> but I wouldn't blow up. You need to stretch I <laughs> because yeah. you are just a dense human being, dense which human is being. fine. It was just a, it was just like a new thing. I was like, oh, this is like... I don't is this like what this aging feeling. is? Like no, a, that's that's. I was sick and didn't stretch for a week. That's okay, what that is. All right. I was afraid. I was like having an existential like I'm, crisis. I'm flexible without trying because I have double joints and am long and wiggly. You have to try to be flexible. I have to try. Yeah. Uh, you're strong without trying because you're dense and you just have a lot of muscle in there. <laughs> I have to try to be strong. Okay. This. Thank you. This okay. makes me feel balanced. I okay. appreciate this See, is, we've talked for an hour and a half. This is why talking to your friends helps you understand yourself and each other. Um, but anyway, so skimmed the surface of some complex topics. Yeah. But that's a little bit of history and knowledge about personality, finding about your personality through personality tests. And, um, and they're actually not anything you didn't already know. It just gives you the language and is a little bit objective because you get to put yourself on a sliding scale. It's a really magnified mirror. Oh yeah. I can just Super I could magnified. just see one of your fingers and I knew it wasn't your thumb, but it looked like a thumb because oh, yeah. of how intense that is. Everyone I have one of those little like makeup CVS yeah. like makeup mirrors on my desk. Um, turned to the magnified side. But uh drink some water. Drink some water. <laughs> like, we gotta wrap this up. It's been so long. I was like, Do you have it... anything else that you have to tell us about personality tests? Let's double check the notes, shall we? No, the last thing it says is Psychology Today says you're better off asking your best friend. Maybe next episode we'll analyze each other. I'll come with notes on you. Pages. Yeah. <laughs> on what you all need to know to be friends with Aaron Bennett. Uh, well, that, that's a more specific thing. What you need to know to be friends with this person. Um, That's kind of funny. Aaron likes to spend time outside and a good IPA. I do. In a glass, not a can, sometimes with ice, which is weird to me. I don't know anyone else who puts ice in their beer. Yep, that's okay if you think it's weird. It's probably a little weird. Things you should I know. I do a lot of some weird stuff, so it's fair. <laughs> things you should know about Hannah. She likes drinking wine and bubbly things. She likes starting a party early in the day. <laughs> I think that's important to know about a friend. I go to bed early. She likes to go to bed early. Which means my parties start at like four. (laughs) Her parties start at four o'clock. She will show up on time. Um, And potato chips are her sick food. Yeah. Which I didn't know was weird until I got to college and people started being like, when you're sick, you eat soup. And I was like, "Mm, my mom's always bought me salt and vinegar chips when I'm sick, so you're wrong. (laughs) (laughs) It's not hurt me yet. And it's fine, because... Because you're a Taurus and you like indulging in sensual pleasures. Food and flowers and sex. Take your medicine, drink your water, go to bed on time tonight. Beautiful. Perfect. I have no notes. We love you, friends. We love you, friends. We'll see you next week, hopefully. We will not skip anymore. (laughs) Wait, wait, we gotta say we're out. Oh, we're out! We're out! Okay! Okay!